Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Welcome to Access, Access All Areas, episode 167, the podcast that aims to dive deep into all things great about our favourite band with a bunch of patrons, listeners, and my compadre, B. Now, B, I'm going to welcome you, and I'm also going to welcome your hair to the podcast today. So, a great podcast gag, but B's decided to go uh, pink today. Hello, how are you? Hello. Yes, not pink as in the lady, but yes, I thought, <laughs> why not? Midlife crisis, I'm going pink. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think you've got some feistiness like Pink's got, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd want you in my corner for going into battle. Oh, <laughs> I actually like her. I think I'd turn for Pink, definitely. <laughs> well, look, Pink's partial to a turn or two herself, I hear, but uh, we will straighten up and we will uh, acknowledge your great little footage you got there at the start of the show with In Excess doing their four-point harmonies for Yum Yum. I think that's backstage at Royal Albert Hall, buddy. Well done to you and uh, a little bit of an ode to Noel Rogers, who we spoke to last week. Yeah, so it was when we were talking to him and he was telling me about that four-part harmony and I was like, I've heard that somewhere. So, yes, I, I scratched around the YouTube. It's great, isn't it? And with Jenny as well. Oh, they all look so good. They all look so great, their stage clothes. They looked amazing. Yeah. Those yeah. are the clothes that got stolen in Manchester. Did you know about that one? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That wasn't one of your friends we've interviewed on the podcast before. They're not hanging up in your room there, I can see there, B, or they're another set of pins. <laughs> got other things, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, look. Be, uh, what a week it's been. Uh, we're in a little bit of Nile Rogers post-glow, uh, a bit of FOMO, you know, that we're missing out on seeing again this week, but uh, we will have some interesting little nuggets going forward today. But, you know, what a great uh, opportunity it was last week for our podcast to interview him. Probably apologies for my behalf. I did listen to some of the audio. I know my audio was a little bit hard probably for you to, to, to extract, but Wi-Fi was a little bit testing down there. We're in a little bit of the... Uh, the dungeon dressing room there, but um, look, it was uh, a real thrill for both of us and for Dr. Jim. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We uh, we did the best we could. We're only a little podcast and we can only get better. Yeah. I, I want to do a little bit of, what do you call it, na- navel gazing? Navel gazing, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, look, we've yeah. been good at that lately, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did notice that we were quite high in the charts in the US this week. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I've uh, been looking at those. Obviously, Noel must have a presence over there. It hmm. probably peaked at our highest sort of chart position there, which I think is about 25. So yeah. uh, that's been exciting. And also all around the world, we've just had some really good buy-in recently. So thanks to all those people that uh, give us confidence and, and seeing the podcast reach a, a bigger audience. Yeah, and we bypassed 5,000 followers on uh, on Facebook and we've just hit 6,000. So, wow, thank you so much. And well, well as I said to you about episode three or four, five or six, B, is that good? <laughs> I think so. Right. Okay. Followers. I'll take your. I'll take your word. I'll take your word on it. But I can't wait to ask you. Uh, how's your in excess of week been overall? Because uh, I guess there's so much going on, which we'll probably de- detail in the news. But what's come across your desk this last sort of seven days? 
Well, if you can bear with me, there's a couple of things. First of all, um, Laurie has um, packed a bag and she's left the podcast team. So we uh, wish her well. It was mentioned in the newsletter this week. See that she's doing a lovely podcast there um, about the 80s called Accelerated Culture, I believe. So check that out if you can. Um, But we'd like to welcome two new members. Welcome, John and Kathy, and they're going to be doing a lot in the background with um, Hayden and I. So it's all going to go, um, yeah, going forward. Yeah, I mean, we've had some great people behind the scenes, you know, Laura yeah. particularly, who I think, and uh, the fact that she's been able to sort of come on and help and assist us growing the podcast and then go off and do her own one is exciting. I mean, it's she's yeah. gone solo, you know, yeah. she, you know she's been yeah, part of the band, now yeah, she's gone solo, and it's great, you know. So awesome. Uh, thank you, Laurie. Yes, thanks, Laurie, for everything you've done there. Um, she was very good at getting all the data together. So, John, that's your job now. <laughs> and, and I want to thank Genevieve for the video that we've put out for the 6K as well. But, um, fantastic. It looks amazing. So please um, share that. That would be great. You know, we have these weird things happen to us, like, you know, yeah. In Coffee. fact, we had one yesterday, didn't we? We were talking and I said, oh, in excess, we're playing when we were texting one another. Sure. And then yeah. I got you a contact and then that artist came on straight after. Do you remember? Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was that. It was a bit weird. Yes. Okay. So last weekend, I lost a key and I lost it in a changing room and the shop owner came and found me because she knew I worked at OPSM. Cut the long story short, her and I started chatting after we started getting some glasses. Only turns out that she it used to be a lead singer of a very, very indie band back in the 1980s and in excess played on her album. Um, it's Andrew, Kirk and Gary and you can she's played it to me and you can hear the influence. It wasn't Jenny Morris, was it? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to mention it now because I'd like to, her to come on the show because she's got some great stories for us. I haven't heard them all. So, yeah, from the 1980s and I've been in touch with Bruce Butler and he says, yes, I've, I remember her because, you know, he's got an amazing uh, record collection and that's um, Ollie Olsen's manager. So, yeah, some rare music from In Excess influenced that no one's ever heard. Well, not many people have heard before from an Australian artist. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's funny how they pop up in different areas there. I was just wondering where the other day we we highlighted, I think in a past episode, all the little side projects they've been involved with over times and uh, who they worked with and influenced. And, um, you know, a bit like Noel Rogers, you know, sometimes artists, you know, share and give out to other people. You know, Michael, as I said, I think a while back, uh, appeared on a Noiseworks album doing backup vocals uh, uh, for a band. I'm going to mention a bit later in the episode. But, yeah, I think there is a community in music where, you know, people like to help each other succeed in many respects, you know? Right. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to having that lady on later. Don't ask me what you know is true. I don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I, I was standing, you were there. 
And as we record today, it is Melbourne Cup, and uh, John Stevens, former lead singer uh, or guest of the band, is actually singing there today, I think, with Delta Goodrum. So, hello, John. Uh, reach out, reach out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Actually, sorry, but you, you, you're putting a little pun in there. A, a, a mate of mine set, um, saw the post that we did for Niles and he goes, did you freak out? <laughs> oh, well, good times had by all, huh? <laughs> Bit yum yum. All right. Uh, well, we probably welcome the patrons aboard. We've got a big show, so without further ado, over to you, B, to welcome the patrons. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members, Tim Ferris, Nick Eager, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkin, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones and Paul Jolie. Our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, happy birthday, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah, Markham, Sarah, Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa, Mac, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Lisa, Amanda H, Amanda V, happy birthday, Amanda, David, Tracy, Paul, Ella, Ryder, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Jackie, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Happy birthday, Leos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Tracy, Vernon, happy birthday, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vern, Lachlan, Mandy, Nick, Sula, Amy, Diane, Paul P, Paul B, Alicia, Jay, John, Anne and Kathy. And our special mentions go to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis and Paul Boozy. Welcome to the podcast. All right, so we're going to uh, extend our Nile Rogers uh, initiative today. It's not going to be uh, an extensive interview part two or anything, but we're going to just take his career and extrapolate it a little bit more because there's so many in excess links and footage and excerpts we would like to share with you that in a post-interview situation, uh, we've uncovered this week. So there's so many little rough diamonds and gems. We want to share that with you. Uh, some involve Michael talking, some involve Tim, uh, John coming on stage as a bunch of great little insights and excerpts we're going to share and also just talk a little bit more about funk music and just why we love it as a, a collective around the world. So looking forward to uh, continuing the Noel discussion, B. Bring it on. All right, B, what's the time for? It's time for the news. I'm John from California and this is the news. All right, B. Well, uh, big news this week. The most pressing thing is uh, it's 30 years since former Dirty Hearts and uh, NXS Management have put together a uh, a gradual release of all the videos uh, in a remastered Dolby Atmos version with Giles Martin at the twisting knobs, etc. There, That particular rollout of videos is going to be staggered over the next couple of weeks. Uh, for those that don't remember or are unaware, uh, the album originally was released in via video as the album Visual, and then the next day the album came out. And for those uh, who can remember, it was a really great concert with the sort of outside footage of a tree and a camera zooming in. And it had this really nice theme of young filmmakers in Australia putting together a collection of videos, along with some more seasoned filmmakers like Richard Lowenstein. It represented the audio-visual form in Diddy Hard. So over the course of the next two weeks, uh, every day or every second day, there's going to be a video released. 
some would have noticed so far that uh, they've already had, I think the gift has been uh, shown in its remastered format. I think we've already seen Freedom Deep, uh, which interestingly ties in with Mark Opitzby. Remember he, he wanted the album to open with Freedom Deep? Yes. So from that sort of point of view, uh, it's exciting sort of seeing that that particular functionality where, you know, what he wanted for the album was actually sort of what occurred. There obviously is, you know, going to be sort of this sort of rollout. I know obviously uh, tying some of those things in. On November the 3rd, the Freedom Deep film clip, the remastered version came out at 9am, I think, uh, American time. Uh, the Gift on the 3rd of November has come out. Um, I'm Only Looking, which is a great video. I watched that the other day. It's awesome. Uh, again, I've forgotten how good it was. The Full Moon Dirty Hearts with Chrissy Hine has, uh, is being released today on November the 7th. And over the, uh, the course of when this uh, podcast is released, you will have probably seen The Messenger, the original children's version of the Please You Got That. Uh, at the time, I remember laughing that it was sort <laughs> toy dinosaurs and things. Yeah. Uh, the time film clip. And then over the course of the following week, you'll probably see the balance or two uh, of the remaining clips. But they do look vibrant. I don't know if you've seen them or played them in the last couple of days, but the- yes, again and again and again. Yes. Gosh, they look hot, some of those, especially the gift. Played that one again and again. And I guess that's just, you know, an example where, you know, the bands come together. Uh, recently, you've got the book coming out. I mean, there's been reissues of Shabu Shabar. They've done this via the audio visual. Uh, I know some fans out there have said, you know, it'd be great to get studio outtakes, uh, you know, some uh, B-sides and things added in. I think the collector in me agrees with that. It is a bit of a mixed release strategy. So you have got, you know, a Shabu Shabab via the uh, the live one with Mark last year. Um, you've obviously got this in an audio visual sort of sense. Again, I guess the band are active in honouring their back catalogue through these type of releases, B. What's it all amounting to, all this spewing of in excess onto our uh, platforms? What do you well, think is really going to happen? Are we going to get a tour out of them? <laughs> no, well, I think well, what it is, like a lot of these things, it's it's the band, you know, and the mission statement of Chris, the man from band to brand. Now, can be a bit, you know, cheesy when you sort of put that in sort of words, but um, I think a lot of the time when you are a band that's no longer performing live, you keep that music in the in the consciousness by yeah, re-releasing things. Look at the Beatles the other day. They've just released a, a song that, uh, you know, interlopes, you know, John and and, and, yeah, George, the, AMI. You know, and the yeah. new clip. So um, I guess this is just sort of part of, you know, management sort of heritage and, and, and keeping the band in the consciousness. Oh. Moving along to some other things, Wembley. Thank you, Richard Simkin, alerted me uh, and some of our uh, patrons the other day about uh, the Wembley concert was on uh, ABC the other night. So yes. I was able to slip over and see a couple of songs, which was great. i got to thank my dad, Joe, for that. My eight oh, right, okay. father, he came, I came home from work and he says, I've recorded a concert with an excess and I don't think you've seen this one because obviously I haven't seen it, you know. Bless yeah. So good on you, dad. Yeah. Also, too, there was an article that I think you might have posted as well, B. but uh, there's a great publication called Far Out uh, Magazine, and they've done an isolated um, version of Michael's vocals uh, for Never Tear Us Apart, away from the music, which uh, sounds great. So you get a chance to appreciate just the vocal range that he had. Also, uh, former guest of the band, Kieran Gibbons, you know, he has a new tour coming up, B. I don't know if you know, it's called Songs of In Excess. Oh. Uh, and he's going to be playing a national tour uh, or regional tours and things like that highlighting uh, a bunch of the songs sort of over the course of the next six months. So check your local guides out for that. I'll have you maybe coming Coffs Harbour way. 
was going to say, Kieran, I know you're listening. Get in touch, mate. We'd like to <laughs> we'd like to have you on your show on the show Absolutely. with me to promote that a little bit more for you. Hundred percent. And also too, getting back to sort of the band keeping the consciousness speed, there's a couple of really nice tie-ins. Um there's a new mini series coming out with Tommy Lee Jones and Ben Foster. It's called Finest Kind. Uh, and the whole trailer has the new sensations song in the uh, in the trailer. It goes for a couple of minutes. And just a side note, there's an Australian actor in that particular uh, show uh, by the name of Toby Wallace who played the young Michael in the miniseries. Oh, that's a good tie-in. So that's some great detective work on my behalf. And David oh, goes, well, <laughs> so, I get so, so, yeah. So if you do uh, put, put into your search engine, the series is called Finest Kind. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Ben Foster, Toby Wallace. Uh, there's uh, a great new sensation, uh, and they're singing it. There's people in the in the in one on a boat. They're singing the song, so it's really, it's actually quite cool when you when yeah. you actually see it. So that's a, a little thing to sort of uh, pay attention to. Also, too, NCIS, you know that really yeah. um, cheesy Good sort of show. Forensic crime show that solves uh, serial killers in 48 minutes and 12 minutes of ads. Uh, <laughs> there's a new series coming out called NCIS Coffs Harbour. Sorry, NCIS at Sydney. <laughs> about mushrooms. Well, yeah, we won't go there. But the uh, the trailer to that, basically, the, the song backdrop to that is Kick from NXS. So NXS are in the trailers everywhere in the world. So there you go. Also, to another Far Out magazine uh, publication, there's a, there's a great deep dive with Michael that goes back a few years, obviously, uh, where he talks a little about the, the link between the Rolling Stones and electronic bands like The Prodigy. And I didn't know this, but it says in the article that Michael guest vocal with the Stones on, on stage at Royal Albert Hall. And I never knew that, so I haven't YouTube yet or look for it. But uh, if anybody out there has uh, memories or knowledge of that, imagine getting some footage of Michael up on stage with Keith and Mick. That'd be pretty. Oh fun. my goodness! Yes, yeah. yes, find it. Yeah, so we'll put a what, recap to that. One. <laughs> yeah. Also, to the best of album B has hit 581 weeks in the top 100, so it's now the top 50, but still sitting in the top 100. Also, a couple of little sort of minor news items. There's a great podcast called Go Loud and the song is Devil Inside, albeit it's a bit more of an 11-minute deep dive into the band and their ascent and just their influence on music. And the lady who sort of uh, narrates that does a great job. Tim Peacock from You Discover Music, who's a great friend of the, the band in terms of writing really good publications that are thoughtful and measured, uh, does a great article called Kick. How NXS booted the comp to the curb or to the side, which is a, a great little uh, article there. And uh, there is an interesting song out this week, B, that uh, happens to imitate, lift, plagiarize a song by NXS by a certain gentleman by the name of LK, okay, Lenny Kravitz. Now, B, I know I sent that out during the week and you said, yeah, that's great, Hayden, but stick with Noel Rogers, blah, blah, blah. That's more important. <laughs> I played this song three or four times and it's such a catchy song. However, the reason why it's bloody catchy, Lenny, is because you ripped off Suicide Bond oh. left, right and centre. So we are going to today, during our topic, break into- Call him out. <laughs> we're going to call him out. And uh, yes, I think if Dua Lipa was good enough to do a songwriting credit to the band, Lenny, I'm sorry, you're going to have to cite Michael and Andrew on this one because it is a lift. He's lifted more than a Bulgarian weightlifter here, B. In excess, lawyers, get your pens out. <laughs> Don't worry, an email's already gone overseas, okay? So there you go. But uh, oh, but he's a friend of the band, so. I know, I know. Uh, but, uh, well, I'm sure the boys would like Julie Leaper to be a friend of them. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, they, I think she was uh, in financial credit terms. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll wrap that up. That's news of the week. Thank you for letting me indulge uh, with that. 
Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And now it's time for Topic of the Week. All right, well, Noel Rogers, part two, not part two of the interview with him per se, but part two of his career, his links to excess, his influence on funk music, and a bit of a deep dive on probably why he makes us all dance, B, and he makes us all happy and things like that. And I, it's funny, listening to his music quite pronounced last weekend at the concert and everything there, he makes people feel good. Yes. And I think the primary art of, of music, and that is to make people feel great, and think a little bit and feel a little bit and move and uh, reflect, et cetera. But he ties into so many genres and he really is a, a, a classic, well, as he probably mentioned, he's, he's really, he was a composer and really brilliant at so many instruments. But um, the funk side of things is probably his legacy piece that we think of modern day, you know, uh, rap music and R&B and different types of genres that have, have you know, sampled so much of his stuff. His influence is so uh, wide-ranging, and uh, I had a bit of a look this morning on his induction to the Hall of Fame where Pharrell Williams got up and spoke, and we won't play that today, but it's a great little five-minute um, deep dive into you know what a guy like Noel did for him, and he said these really lovely words that, even though I didn't meet you, you know, for 25 years of my career, you were with me in the recording studio despite you not really knowing it and despite you not actually being there. He was there in terms of just his pedigree and his musicianship and his influence. So I think, you know, for that sort of point of view, uh, it was a great little sort of watch there. Now, B, if I said to you, uh, define funk music, et cetera there, like, you know, a lot of the time people like know what rock and roll is and what rap is and what classical is. If I said to you, what do you, what does funk music mean to you? Maybe it's a better expression for you. No, Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, said, I always think of that song, um, Play That Funky Music, White Boy as well. Yeah. That always obviously comes to, and yeah. it's, and, and when um, Dr. Jim was mentioning that chunky chunk sound, it is mm. that, you know, it's, it's more guitar, isn't it, I suppose, um, and um, more than anything when you think of funk. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to sort of do is I'm not a musician in any shape or form. I'm just like, I'm just a fan, but I'm always quite interested of how music sort of comes about. And and I think with sort of funk music, if we go back a little bit in time, uh, some of the people that really formulated funk were people like James Brown back sort of in the 60s. And you hear elements, you know, of, of James Brown uh, and his creation move into artists like Sly and the Family Stone and then you sort of see them in George Clinton's uh, Funkadelic band and then you see them move into bands like, you know, um, Chic and then uh, and then Prince and, and In Excess and, you know, all these bands that we've sort of talked about and followed ever since. And, you know, the uh, the Sugar Hill Gang with Rapper's Delight and Earth, Wind and Fire and, and Cool and the Gang, I mean, this sort of music is quite interesting. And one of the things I wanted to know why it makes us feel good is that I think that um, there's a rhythmicness to it and um, it's sort of less melody and sort of chord progressions, but there's more groove and rhythm and bass line, which really sort of uh, sends a sort of a pulsating feel through the body. And you think back to uh, to you know Studio 54 and, and a lot of these artists, et cetera, this disco dance moving into electronica and funk really is, is still present today. And uh, you talk about sort of 
you know, the white, uh, play that funky music, white boy. Well, you know, the white guy's sort of been borrowing from a lot of the black rhythms for years. I mean, you think back to the blues, uh, you know, in England, bands like the Stones and then Eric Clapton and Cream. I mean, they really borrowed from a lot of those black artists in America from the 30s and 40s and 50s. Yeah. And nowadays, uh, well, the last 30, 40 years, you see these bands that have derived all the way back to probably a guy like James Brown which um, when you look at a legacy, is still there to this very, very day. From a uh, an artist's point of view, when a band's trying to sort of extend their reach, and you know we are an In Excess podcast, when we see what the band did with Original Sin with with, uh, with Nile, the leap from Shabu Shabbat to a song like Original Sin probably is the biggest musical leap from mm-hmm. you know the sort of uh, minor funky elements of some of their early recordings. But the leap to have a song like Original Sin come out it was such a massive leap that, B, I know during the week you posted a cool little excerpt from uh, John Taylor from Duran Duran. Do you want to just elaborate on that? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm just stopping for a second because I just want to go back to something you said. You said George Clinton. Is, yep. that, is that a real – I've never heard of George Clinton. Yeah, George Clinton was a guy who had a band called Funkadelic and uh, they were a 70s band and, and Prince loved them and often, you know, cited him as a big influence. But, yeah, he was I've never of heard of them. I'll have to look into Yeah. Mm. Yeah, not Bill Clinton, by the way. I know when you said it, I thought, oh, is he just uh, something uh, wrong there? George was into Funkadelic. I think Bill was into Fuckadelic. <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't record any of that. Yes, we will. Just, yes, we will. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> yes, um, I want to thank a, a lady called Louise Thompson, uh, who is a Duran Durani and a fellow um, friend from Birmingham, actually, mm. who um, found that little... Um, radio clip of John Taylor from Duran Duran talking about Original Sin. It was his actual first song in his top five that he um, said. I noticed that another lady also commented and said, he hasn't changed. He actually went on to Desert Island Discs back in the 80s, John Taylor did, and it was his first song in his top five sing- singles that he would take as well back yeah. in the 80s. So he yeah. has deviated from the fact that Original Sin is his favourite song. That's great, B. Let's have a listen. Your first song, In Excess, Original Sin. So it's impossible, isn't it, to ask an artist to choose three songs, but we did and you did it. I very much can... I like telling my life story in songs. Um, you know, In Excess... You know, we first encountered them when we went to Australia in um, 82, I think it was. And they were, you know, and, and Shabu Shabar was the album. And, and I was like, wow, these guys are amazing. They're like the real thing. And they hadn't broken really outside of uh, Australia at that time. Um, so I became a fan then. But they played a much bigger part in our evolution in uh, at the end of '83 when we'd we'd gone down to finish the recording of uh, our third album, and um, we'd gone on tour. We'd started a tour in Australia, and and after the show in Melbourne, we'd gone to uh, this guy Molly Meldrum. He's this media superstar, superstar down is, there. Yeah. I mean, he'd really played a big part in breaking the band down there. He's he's interviewed everybody, and yeah, you have to go he, do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got signed photos from John and Yoko, and he's he's amazing guy. Anyway, so we're we're partying down at Molly's place, and um, he's got a white label of this new In Excess track, and um, and we we play it. And we all thought, we were all like, wow, you know, we all, we're all dancing around to it, play it again, play it again. 
And then we look at the... Uh, actually, it wasn't a label. It wasn't a white label because there was a label that said produced by Niall Rogers, <laughs> engineered by Jason Corsaro. And we just finished this third album and and felt there was one there was one song in particular the reflex that we felt like it wasn't quite right it was like we didn't quite get at the get at it and um you know and, th- and there and then we had this idea to call Niall and have him have him work on the reflex we'd met Niall a few years earlier um but we at that point we had yet to go into the studio together so we got him on the phone and we were like we just love what you've done with excess and you know, and, um, you know, how would you feel about doing something to this particular track? And, and the rest is absolutely history, isn't it? It kind history, of is, really. isn't it's it? certainly like, Duran Duran history. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that was a great... So there, that was awesome, but, you know, just hearing from John there. And I think there's a, uh, some footage, actually, of Simon Le Bon also talking a bit about that experience of Molly Meldrum's house and um, just that particular track. And, you know, you think of those contemporaries, you know, you had Duran Duran and In Excess and The Cure and R.E.M. and, you know, Mewtwo and all these sort of bands. Um they were they were competitive, and, and and you'd sort of hear about all fighting for space and market share, and who were the hot producers, and who were the great sound engineers, and who were the great video directors. I mean, you look at a lot of the bands; they've all borrowed from each other at different times. In excess of work with Chris Thomas, you two worked with Chris Thomas. In excess, found David Mallet to do their video. You two then used him for that. You know, Duran Duran used Nile. In excess, used Nile. Bowie is Noel, in excess love Noel from that. So there is an incestuousness about it, and it is about who's the hot thing at the time. But I think also bands realise music's about longevity, and they want it to sound great, not just because it's a fad. And the thing with Niall is that he, you know, he goes through all these five different decades, and he, like you say, for the longevity. But not only has he got a gift for creating good music, but he's just such a, a good guy. I felt even all the way from Cuffs Harbour, his presence, he was just such a cool cat, so calm. And I can just imagine him being so nurturing and helping to get the best out of the band. He smile. Oh, he's, to go, he's <laughs> just a beautiful man, yeah. Now, would you like to hear from Michael Hutchins talk about Noel Rogers? I would love to hear, Michael. All right. Well, I've fit me the power of uh, half-ass internet research. Uh, I've come up with a little little excerpt uh, with Tim, actually, and Michael talking for a couple of minutes about their working with Niall and just the effect of the passion they had for the project. So we'll play that now. Well, uh, yeah, especially me because being the guitar player, you know, I, I, um, I mean, I, I really like his playing on the Bowie album, which um, coincidentally is mostly him. And um, exactly, I mean, he, he only played the solo on that stance. That's all he did. I mean, Carlos Alomar played um, quite a bit as well. But, you know, I, I know Niall's playing so well, you know, because I've got just about every album Sheik ever made and he's worked with Michael Jackson. And, um, you know, I, I, I've got to take my hand off to him as a guitar player. I think he's fantastic. So I was, you know, when he actually walked into our dressing room, you know, and said, can I, can I have a beer with you guys? You know, I, I literally sort of nearly fell off my chair. You know, I couldn't believe it. And so I was probably a little more um, not and nervous about working with him than some of the other guys in the group. And it, you know, we, none of us really knew what to expect from him as a as a producer. But really, um, he surprised us all by just just partying. Basically, uh, he just wanted to party, and he was very positive. We only did the song twice, and uh, he, from a production point of view, he really didn't do as much as we all would have expected him to do. Um, because after chatting with him in, in the, the dressing room after the show where we met him, he was telling us about another group he'd been working with, the young band from Canada, that he'd had you know a few problems here and there with, and it took him a long time to produce their album and that. So we're thinking, oh, 
You know, he might be one of those producers that takes everything apart and puts it all back together bit by bit, but no, it was completely the opposite. It virtually, the original sim was recorded live. It was a jam. No, actually, it's the opposite is the problem. It's just a sensitive issue, I guess, and it's nothing that we can... I wouldn't say I wouldn't put it down to not being that successful because just because of that. Yeah. But um, no, I think it's more of a it's a sensitive spot that people don't want to re- be reminded of. You know, in South Carolina, they don't want to talk. They don't want to know about a song that deals with anything to do with that. You know, and people want it's down to boring things like advertising time. An advertiser won't sell advertising time to the radio station because he doesn't like the idea of the song. And um, really, the song was about. Uh, it was it's meant to be positive. It's meant to it's a, it's meant to be about dreams and and uh, holding on to them, you know, and uh, things like um, I guess uh, the shock things like you know assassinations like Martin Luther, you know, and uh, trying to trying to break away from that and trying to uh, you know as he said he, he has a dream. It's a great little clip that was. So yeah, Michael really had a grasp on what was really important to him, which was his music really mattered more than the money and the advertising. Yeah, and look, as I said, you know, chart positions come and go. Some of the most iconic songs in history aren't even singles or weren't even in the charts or didn't even become hits like they are. I mean, I look at a song like Original Sin hit 58 in America, you know, maybe a song like, uh, let me look at it, you know, Pretty Vegas, you know, hit 37. But, you know, the long-standness of original sin has much more longevity yeah. uh, in terms of its 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 lyrical content and its, and its credibility. So, yeah. All right, moving along. Uh, now, as we said last week, Daryl Hall, and if you look at the little picture of our podcast this week, uh, the great vocals of Daryl Hall uh, did appear on uh, the original sin song. Now, what people just understand, there was no bigger duo in the history of music and there was no particular zeitgeist moment where Hall & Oates were anywhere smaller than they were at this time. 1983, that had like five number ones in a row. So you could imagine, think about, say, Madonna coming on to an NXS album in 1986-87. Like, Hall & Oates were huge. Yeah. Um, so coming on to do a backup vocal, you know, um, which is a sort of, uh, again, mates helping mates, uh, you know, Daryl helping out, you know, jo- uh, sorry, helping out uh, Niall and the band was such a gift. We've got a great little excerpt now from Daryl Hall and John Oates, okay, and typically John Oates doesn't say much here, uh, <laughs> on the, uh, uh, the episode of Countdown in the mid-80s talking to Molly Meldrum a little bit about the recording of Original Sin. So over to you, Daryl. Because it's a great song, Original Sin. Yeah, I like that song a lot. Uh, well, that was because uh, Niall Rogers was working on our, our indulge, one of the songs on the Rock and Soul album at the time, and he just called me up one day and said, well, I have In Excess, and they want you to sing on the record. So I went down. It took, you know, a couple hours. It was fun. I love it. You know, it was, it was really nice to work with those guys. You know, nice people, and it's I'm really glad that it was that song because I really like the song. Oh, that's great that he would not only love the song, but he loved playing on it too. Now, uh, we did talk a little bit with uh, Niall last week about potentially working with Michael, and I was able to just come across some uh, footage um, where he talks a bit about that, B. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, there was obviously uh, a time where Michael and Niall did happen to bump into each other in a very, very rare tourist location. So rather than me waffle about it, let's go over to Niall where he will talk about this beautiful little anecdote story with Michael. Something interesting happened between Michael and I. We wound up on vacation in the exact same place, like for me, completely around the world. Uh, Like I had no idea he was gonna show up there. There was no reason for him to be there. 
It, to me, it felt like an obscure resort. And I couldn't believe it. I walk in and there's Michael Hudson at Amman and we're in, uh, we're in Thailand, like on Phuket Island. It was like, what are you doing here? And we started talking and I became friends with the CEO, the person who started it. And I talked him into letting Michael and I build a recording studio. Unfortunately, you know, Michael didn't live to see that day. And then I put that idea off for many, many years. But then the next thing you know, I don't even know how many years later, but I wound up working with uh, the Amman group and building a recording studio in the, the Bahamas. What a cool find. I never knew any of that. What a fantastic idea that still came about and he still carried on and made it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as I said again, imagine, imagine those two if they had a chance to work on Michael's solo album. That would have been great. And oh, my goodness. that would No, no disrespect to all the other guys who worked on it, oh. but if Michael and, and Noel were together, uh, yeah, you can imagine the fingerprints of, of genius and Noel's uh, scope in the industry it probably would have been a massive album just because Noel was involved with it. But, um, oh. yeah, so look, we hope some of our listeners uh, have enjoyed some of those little excerpts that we found and, as I said, extending onto the Nile dialogue from last week. Um, there's a cool little thing we're going to go out in our show to t- today. I won't mention just yet, but it does involve uh, a certain uh, person that uh, Noel loved in the band particularly, hint, hint. So we'll save that to the end today. But, um, uh, yeah, B, that was uh, just a bit of a, a tie into sort of the Noel legacy. If you do happen to get a chance to see him play, uh, I know uh, since last week he's gone via, I think, China and, the, and Dubai, but there's a big UK European tour coming up in the new year. So for a lot of our fans who uh, are listening to our experiences with Noel last week, do yourself a favour, go check him out when he plays live in your region and do yourself a favour, you know, go back and dive deep on some of the old classic songs. I mean, it's not just the songs that... Um, you know, you associate with him. It's the artist that he worked with that, as I said, has his uh, guitar chops and production skills and often songwriting uh, uh, skills all over them. So thank you, Niall, and uh, thank you to uh, Fran and the whole team behind the scenes to help us put the interview together. Hi, you're listening to the number one in Nexus podcast, and now it's time for fan engagement. Well, hello and welcome to the show again, Danielle. It's been a while since we've seen each other. Hang on, hang on. Darling, Danielle. Well, hello, beautiful bee. It's been a while since I've seen your beautiful face and pink hair. Like the pink hair was mentioned in the show at the beginning. And um, yes, I feel incredibly like a little pixie lately. So it's uh, got me all girly. So I'm, I'm embracing the pink. But some more celebrations that we hit 6,000 on Facebook followers as of today as we speak. So it's amazing. Thank you so much. If you are listening to the show and you aren't on social media, the best one is actually Facebook. We have so much content on there. Me and Danielle are going to be going through some of those today, aren't we? What juicy bits did you get this week? Oh my goodness. We've got so many different engagements and we appreciate all of you guys. Um, But did anybody happen to see the Frontman Battle through the Rock Page Live? Yes. It was Michael, Simon LeBon, Billy Idol, and I believe it was Sting. Yes. And 
Our Michael Hutchins came in with a resounding 1.4 thousand likes. I know, brilliant. And I just loved reading everyone's comments about Michael as well, saying, you know, I mean, in fact, he's the one that's not around. They're all around still. And yeah, Michael had such a presence, the sting really. I think he just sits on a chair. Um, Simon. Awesome. It's definitely a good second place there. We want to say a big hello to all the Durannies that are found, especially from the other post that was put out um, that was referenced earlier over um, John Taylor talking about his um, best songs and he chose Original Sin. Yes. yes, that was fun. And yes, welcome all the Durannies to the NXS world. We appreciate you guys being here. And more importantly, we think we appreciate you guys like trying to help us get NXS into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. Yes, yes. I know I put a few, I put lots of votes to get Duran Duran in. So really appreciate if you can help us too. That would be awesome. I know you're such um, a force, Duran is. So help us out. Also, what else was, oh, you've just had, hang on, something live's just come on onto your desk, Danielle, who has just posted. We have breaking news from GGB Bases. This is from Gary, just came through the uh, through the newswire, so to speak, but amazing news. GGBXS-1 base serial number eight is now at home and in the hands of the incredible Mr. Freddie Washington Ooh. right here in L.A. Freddie is a legend on base who has played with Herbie Hancock, Stevie Wonder, wow. Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Patrice Russian, the bass line on Forget Me Nots, which he co-wrote, is one of the best lines ever, according to uh, Gary Geary. And Mr. Freddie Jackson, or Fred, excuse me, Freddie Washington is on tour right now with Steely Dan. Oh, wow. So, yes, yes. So GGB Bases is pretty excited that uh, Mr. Freddie Washington now has a home. Right to the top, right on. Fantastic, Gary. Well done. Big cheer for you. And I'm sure there'll be many more stars out there that will be wanting those bases. They look incredibly beautiful. And I can't wait to hear um, Freddie um, strum it out for us. Did, did you say there was a little video there as well? Yes. If you go to GGB Bases Facebook page, there is actual video of uh, Mr. Freddie playing, and there's a wonderful picture with Gary with a big smile on his face sitting right next to Freddie. So you guys go check out that page and support GGB Bases. Awesome, awesome. And also we've had not only from Facebook, but we've, um, well, through Facebook, through our Messenger, we've had some really lovely little uh, messages, haven't we? And you've got one from Carlo there, I do believe. This is just gorgeous. So what? read it out, Tanya. Okay. So this is from Carlo from one of our messages. It says, thank you for the invite to follow your page. I started listening to your podcast with episode one today, and I'm currently on the second episode. I am really going to enjoy this. I've shared this with my wife. By the way, my wife and I share a mutual love of the band, and we first met in 1991 at a place in Milwaukee called Chump's Rusty Bucket. <laughs> when an NXS started in the bar and we both started singing together, I think it was new sensation. Been together ever since. Long live NXS. Thanks again. 
Oh, thank you, Carlo. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Really gorgeous. And I've got another one from a lady called Judy. I think Judy thinks we are the band, but that's okay. I'll just read it out. I can't tell you how much your reunion makes me smile. Each and every one of you are wonderful men and musicians. Bravo. Well, I like to see if that can be passed on to the band, but thank you. We think that too, Judy. So thank you. We've lost our gorgeous Laurie and we've got new patrons helping us with the um, the show in the background. But we do actually need some extra help with Facebook. It'd be really good if um, there's anybody out there, especially if they've got a certificate in Meta or they can get the certificate in Meta. Um, if you have that and you want to um, help us out and you're a big fan of In Excess with lots of passion as, as the rest of the team, then please get in touch and um, see if we can do something together. Don't you? agree Danielle it'd be really good to have some fresh faces onto our team to help us with that absolutely yeah if you've got any kind of history with Facebook or you know passion especially for NXS obviously um yeah come aboard we're we're a fun team as I tell everybody welcome to the party the strangest one but welcome to the party yeah <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is strange Sundays um and it's like a fan club now this um we, we've just established ourselves over the last three and a half years and uh, this is the place to get your in excess fix with us so Danielle we were talking off air about the best way to actually listen to the show um you sometimes have a, a trouble with Podbean, but um, you go via the website now, don't you? I do. Uh, unfortunately, Podbean for me seems to, I can only get through so many minutes of the episode and just cuts off. Uh, so I recently, probably in the last three months, have started listening exclusively through the website. So all you have to do is get on our website, nxsaccessallareas.com, hit the uh, search button and it'll take you to episodes and then just scroll down and there's a way to play it right then and there. And I haven't had any problems since I started doing that. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening through Podbean and you're experiencing kind of the same things that I was, go directly to the website and listen that way. I haven't had any issues since then. Great. And we want to thank our gorgeous new um, team member, um, Kathy. She will be updating the website as we speak. So um, hopefully by the weekend, it'll look um, a little bit different. So there should be a search button on there and you should be able to search for your favorite shows or anything to do with an excess. And you've got a few people that you want to mention that have signed up as well, haven't you, Danielle? I do. So I just want to say thank you for everyone that has signed up again for our newsletter and through the website. So this is a little list of Joseph, Diane, Scott, Mary Ellen, Jenny, Brenda, Teresa, Ian, Susan, Paul, Neil, Marion, Gar, Adam, Lisa, and Samantha. Fantastic. Fantastic. I also want to just go back to Facebook because it's sort of related to the episodes, but um, Ian Ian Bennington, Benny, um, posted something about binge watching or binge listening, <laughs> I should say. And he has gone through, he's been listening in his kitchen and in his car and uh, as he's relaxing, going to bed. And he's listened to every show within a week. And we worked it out. This was Manny and I, bless Manny. If you listen solid 
solid for a whole week, you would get through the 167 shows that are now out there. And so that's um, that's pretty good. But I loved his post. So if you see that, if you if you love the in-betweeners, you would get the joke, the inside joke, but it's very funny. Completed it. Oh, he came out last week. Completed it. What about this? Completed it, mate. Well, B, did you happen to see that new message that I sent out to all of our uh, podcast patrons? Oh, about did, but I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> so I'm really What's it all about? Tell me. Okay. Well, I just happened to be on Instagram the other day, and I must have timed it just right because inexcess.com on Instagram released a reel of a movie that is going to be streamed on Paramount Plus. I believe it's December 15th lead actor of Tommy Lee Jones. If you're an American, you know exactly who he is. But the first couple of chords of the music to the new mu- movie should seem very familiar of a certain new sensation. Uh, yes. And through the previews of the movie, there's an actual scene where there happens to be three men on a boat somewhere in Canada singing New sensation. Love it. So you guys check out the uh, preview for Finest Kind through Paramount Plus, and you will get a new sensation overlay of the movie. And yet again, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame people, if you're listening, there is another in excess song and another movie. Fantastic. So again, if you found us by the movie, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and finally, there's a big birthday happening this week. Somebody is rolling over from their 40s into their 50s, and the 50s are the best, I must admit. And so, welcome to the 50s, our gorgeous Laurie. Happy birthday, Lori. We love you. We miss yeah, you. We do. We do. And we're going to sing now, aren't we, Danielle? We're going to sing happy birthday? Mm. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Paul Jolly from Sydney, and this is The Big Rat. All right, Bernie, let's be wrap. Uh, it felt like a bit of a consolidating show today. So much uh, to share with our listener audience and uh, fans uh, of the band alike. Uh, thank you to all the fan engagers there who contributed and Danielle and yourself putting that part together. We are probably due B for maybe not an episode next week, but we're going to have a midweek drop the following week. So it might be three days later than normal, but we'd like to tie in something with November 22 for obvious reasons. So uh, we look forward to uh, sharing that uh, important day with uh, everybody and acknowledging uh, Michael on the day. Excellent. Yes. That's, uh, so no show uh, next weekend, but uh, get yourselves ready Wednesday the 20th. 22nd. All right, B. Well, we're not going to go with anything uh, too uh, syrupy or anything too. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. What is it? Nothing too 29th anniversary or anything like that this week. Okay. We're going to go out with a version of Sheik playing Original Sin. Uh, but there's a special guest that comes up on stage, not to so much play, but just to be acknowledged by Niall and uh, John Farris comes up on stage. Now, this, I think, is the last tour when they're out here, maybe three, four, five years ago. So correct me if I'm wrong, if uh, I've got my dates confused, but it's a great little anecdote that uh, Niall shares. And there is a little video footage of uh, John getting up on stage and they're both bowing and hugging each other. Uh, we may post it on our socials, but uh, a great rip-roaring version of Original Sin uh, by Sheik 
uh, with special uh, guest on stage to high five in John Farris. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody. I, I was inspired to work with this band because of their drummer, believe it or not, a guy named John Farris who, uh, when I heard him play, I couldn't believe it. Can I bring him out? I think he's here tonight. Yo, John. Are you in the house?
you very much. Uh, I uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, believe it or not, true story. When I did that record with uh, in excess, we did that in one take, <laughs> and uh, we did it in the exact same studio where we recorded Sheik's very first single, "Dance, Dance, Dance, Yowza, Yowza, Yowza," and where I just recorded my last big number one record, <laughs> Daft Punk. Get lucky. Hey, this is Nile Rodgers from the group Chic, and we're on our way to Australia and Asia really soon. From November 29th to December 15th, the Chic organization will be performing in Hong Kong, Kuala Lumpur, Shanghai, Singapore, Perth, Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney. I can't wait to bring our kind of funky dance music to you instantly. So check out NileRogers.com for all show information. You ready? One, two, three, go! You've been listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Mm-hmm.